Powered by Riverside FM. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Officially, episode four. We are back with another one. Mm-hmm. I'm Darius. I'm Darius. I'm here with my cousin Jimmy. What's up, Jimmy? How you feeling? How you living? I'm feeling good, man. Living good on a Sunday fun day. You know, we up early with it, doing our thing. How you feeling, cuz? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Had a long week of being sick, but I'm definitely feeling a lot better. And all I got to mm-hmm. say is, man, we blessed. We blessed to be here, blessed to see another day, blessed to give them another one. So uh, mm-hmm. what we got today? We got some We got some good topics, man. What we got on the Hell agenda yeah. today? Man, we got a lot. We got a lot. We got, we're going to start off with a juicy appetizer. It's only right. We're going to start off with the Titans tackle, you know, mm. part two, to be continued. So this is part two. We're going to speak on all the important players in the NFL and their positions. Um, typically, we're going to start with the quarterbacks. Hopefully, we both do. We'll see. We'll see. And from there, we'll segue into KD Kyrie. Talk about the Brooklyn Nets. You see, KD's back. You know, he's he's saying, you know, I'll, I'll stay put. We'll run it back. Mm. And Kyrie was like, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm do what y'all which I've been asking me to do. And they're going to play together, and we're going we're gonna to see what their championship aspirations are, what, what they're looking like in the East. Um, and then from there, we'll talk about some primetime situations, primetime players. Um, we're going to talk about players that are in a prime and a peak. We're going to define it first, because a lot of times that can you know go out the out the window but we're going to speak on that and then from there we'll also talk about our favorite a little fan chase you know get a little glimpse of, of what we like you know what i'm saying and then from there we'll, we'll end it off cap it off with um what teams need what teams need in the nfl we're talking contenders and teams in the middle of the pack maybe potentially at the end of the end of the road <laughs> we'll see we'll top it up and decide where they are on what side of the totem pole so from there you ready to get it? Let's get it, man. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's go. I want you to start it off, man. You, you know, you was defending your guys, the tackles. I mean, let me hear you defend them again, man. What's up? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, last episode, you know, we, you, I had to look at you a little crazy because mm-hmm. you told me <laughs> this is your personal, personal opinion. So, for sure. totally understand. Your personal opinion was that, you know, you valued the tight end position a lot more than the left tackle position. And I personally think that's incorrect. The reason is we all can agree that the number one most important position on the football field is the quarterback position. This is the reason why we draft. You see four or five quarterbacks go in the first round just about every single year except this past year. Right. And we're not going to talk about Malik Willis actually lighting up the preseason right now, man. He's looking real good. Looking real good. Great point. Even Desmond Ritter's looking good. Third-round draft picks, but, hey, we're going to see what they can do. But this is the reason why you, when you're a bad football team, is typically on the quarterback position, right? We always look at look at the quarterback first because there's only one that can play. So if we got to replace a guy, then you got to replace mm-hmm. him, right? So that's the face of the franchise right there, the quarterback. Number two is the edge rush. These quarterbacks okay. nowadays are throwing 40 to 50 times per game. We are not in a running league anymore. This is a quarterback winning league at this point. 
We don't have the Earl Campbells anymore. We don't have the Jim Browns. We don't have these guys that are carrying the ball 300 plus times consistently every single year, putting up amazing numbers like these guys used to do back in the day. So what do you got? We have Lamar Jackson running the ball and there's a dual threat, which is we are in a dual threat era. That that is correct, but that is besides the point. Um, and when I say that is, when I say when I say that's that's besides the point is again we like Christian McCaffrey, but battling injuries the last two years, and he's he's not a consistent. He's an offensive threat, so he could beat you in the passing game. He could beat you in the run game, but I, I I'm not giving him the ball 350 times and he's a he's a pound for pound every every down back that can stay healthy right we saw the decline we're we're seeing a decline in Ezekiel Elliott who I thought personally will be a hall of famer one day and you never know he's still young he's only 27 years old if he can flip a switch and turn around a little bit he can pull out a 10,000 plus and 70, 80 touchdown career and possibly get himself into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, Derrick Henry is is a guy that you you would say, that's one of those bruisers that I'm giving the ball 350, 400 times per year. Well, I would say 350, 400 is a lot. But three, 350 times a year. But again, now we're starting to battle injury. Let's see where that goes from here. So... What do we have to do? We have to get to the edge rush, right? What do we what what are, what are my edge guys looking for? They're looking to get your prized possession. They look out. To, they're looking to take out your best player, right? So that's why these guys are the second highest paid player on the team at this point is because we got to get to the quarterback. How are we going to get to the quarterback? Miles Garrett, the Bosa brothers, the the Watt brothers, right? And then. Go to the tackle position as number three. How are we going to protect our prized possession? How are we going to protect the face of the franchise? I.e., you get, you say give Tua a chance, right? He didn't have he, mm-hmm. he's had one of the worst old lines since he's been in the league, right? right. So they bring in Tyron Arms Armstrong or Armstead. Let's see if that helps, right? Right. Uh, we protect Tom Brady. We protect Aaron Rodgers. We protect Patrick Mahomes. You saw what happened to Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl loss, right? See, I, I do. And, and, and don't get me wrong. The Bucs did have a really good defensive defensive uh, front seven that was dominating the league. But you saw when both his tackles go out, what happens to Patrick Mahomes, right? And that don't happen to any quarterback, i.e. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has put up amazing numbers in his career, right? Great numbers, I should mm-hmm. say. Great numbers in his career, but consistently the Falcons have not been able to protect him for the last three years. True. So that is the reason why you go out and get these tackles because now it's all about the pass rush. What what deep what interior defensive lineman can I get to the football? Uh what 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 edge rush can I get to the football? Just like quarterbacks are drafted high in the draft, edge rushers are just as high on a per on a player's draft list. Than any other position. You want to put pressure on the quarterback. It's very important. 
But you're, you're, you're given as, as important as a quarterback is in this area, there's a lot of positions that are closer to the importance of a quarterback because a quarterback de- depends on these weapons differently because these weapons can be used differently. When you have a tight end who can do multiple things, we have a receiver who can do multiple things to help your quarterback. As much as we talk about tools help, we also talk about the acquisition of Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle last year. Like they're, the weapons matter just as much as the quarterback. Just a good quarterback and great line isn't going to get you as far as great weapons you look at the vikings they haven't had a line in a long time but them weapons no matter rudolph when he was like he when i say like that top 10 type type of tight end him with the with with feeling was nice jefferson feeling nice these weapons uh, a tackles position and the edge rusher can only do but so much and when you have a quarterback who's athletic when you have a quarterback who can run the ball like a like a one of the best running backs of all time but also throw it it gives you a different dimension than just running it 350 times. When a, when a threat of a run is, 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 is there while also dropping back, that's a different type of game. That's, that's something that edge rushers, obviously you need edge rushers, but just an edge rusher isn't going to be able to contain. You, you need somebody in the middle. You need linebackers. There's a lot of different things you need to, to counter that, but the fact that you have a, a mobile threat who can throw the ball is a different, a different type of counter on top of someone who's willing to get the ball out their hands quick. Drew Brees, Tom Brady. When we talk about quarterbacks, there's different type of quarterbacks even more so today, so that edge rusher isn't as important important because there are counters to that edge rusher i.e the the edge rusher right besides a a, a side a sideline sideline linebacker we i could find a sideline a sideline linebacker there there are in this area there yes. are plenty of linebackers that can do a decent job of of stopping uh, a lamar jackson deon jones right when deon jones is, is healthy he's averaging 140 tackles a year uh, you said there's a there's a, a, a solid amount of linebackers that can stop know, Lamar Jackson. The linebacker position is 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 another one that's kind of like there, there's a lot of them, right? There, any anyone's pretty much a plug and play guy. There are there as many great linebackers as there are. I'm not even talk. Nobody's Lamar Jackson for for one. In this era, why why we give Lamar so much praise is because he's making people miss when when the linebacker area as far as speed and agility is at an all time high. Lamar's making these guys miss too. If if any error, I agree. This this is the linebacker error that you would want to plug and plug and play out. Pull out this error to, to face Lamar Jackson, but I don't mean they they they're able to stop or keep up with Lamar Jackson. There's a contained. These, the, the NFL is a, is a totally totally different ball game. We talk about grown men right here. This is this is a man's a man's game. This is the reason why. This is the reason why 18 and 19 and 20 year old kids typically don't play in the NFL. This is a man's game. It, when, when you talk about speed in the NFL, want an MVP. I, I I I get that, but this is why I get the edge rusher. This uh, the edge rusher. The edge rusher is can also be my contain guy. Can also be a good pursuit guy. He he can True. not only get to the quarterback, but I can also. Put a scheme up, put a scheme together to also stop Lamar Jackson, i.e. Jadavion Clowney. He isn't the pass rushing threat as far as the sacks, uh, as far as sacks, but he's a great run run stopping edge defender. I'm glad you said run stopping because that's more important in the playoffs since the the dawn of the NFL. I get, the, I the get dawn that of football. because because in because in the playoffs you want to be a little bit more balanced and. You want to be more That's balanced than what than do what you do best. So if you run the football best, 
you know, you got to have a passing game to kind of complement that. If you pass the ball more, you know, you have to have a balance of run to kind of because because at that point in the season, everyone knows what you're doing, right? We, we this is right. this is why schemes are important. So so that's that's why the edge rush is is number two on my list because because it's so versatile versatile so i i can have a, i can keep a guy to contain i can keep a guy i want a guy that can also pass rush i also want a guy that can run stop as well we are playing in a faster league where a lot of zone running everyone's trying to get to the outside it's no more down the middle pound for pound it's not many teams that that are really doing that besides maybe the titans the steelers maybe the seahawks right but everyone else has a, a pretty versatile running back on their team that can kind of do both. The Bengals, they're getting Joe Mixon more involved in the, in the passing game. Dalvin Cook can be an effective, just as effective in the passing game as well as running the football. Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, I can go on and on and on about this, right? But this is why the edge rush is so important. Because you can do a lot of things with the edge. So that's why it's number two. Number three, I got to protect the prize. That's why the left tackle is at number three. Corner is number four because corner is one of the hardest positions to play in football. If I can get a guy that can take out your best receiver, I'm happy. That's what I want, i.e. a Jalen Ramsey, i.e. a Jair Alexander, A.J. Terrell. I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to keep saying his name. (laughs) This is why you get those guys just like that. And then... And number five, I go with the D-line position, so the interior defensive line, because just as well as I, I also want an Aaron Donald that can go out and give me 18 sacks from an interior, as an interior defensive lineman, which is 10 times harder. So that's why I then go with the interior D-line, and also I need a guy that can stop the run. And then everything else kind of trickles in after that. So the pass catchers will be number six because I need playmakers to, to, to bring my offense down the field, right? And everything else can kind of trickle in after that. I don't, I don't care what order you put them in. Running back is probably the least important position on the football field besides a kick. I can't believe you said that, 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 that kicker's thing last. That's, that's crazy. <clears throat> that we're talking about one of the only positions to religiously put points on the board, to be able to flip the field, to be able to kick the ball from 60 yards out. So we're talking about range. Talking about being in the red zone, just that in the third. There's only some teams that can, certain teams that can score from 60 yards out. It's very hard to do that. And some kickers are doing that religiously nowadays, 50 yards out. Talking about a position where the quarterback, receiver, and the kicker flip the field. Nobody else can can do that. Unless you're picking the ball off and running it back, which is rare. So, but anyway, we're going to get into the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are first, I agree. From there, I really go staff. The staff more so than any other player you name besides the quarterback, dictates the pace and putting players in, in position to win more so than any other position. But I'm not going to speak on them too much. From there, I go safeties. You want to talk about versatilities, uh, get get out of there with them, with them edge rushers. Versatilities truly with them safeties. The safeties have is the most versatile position in the game. You don't want to talk about space, something that you talk about with corners, safeties do that. You want to talk about banging with the big boys. You want to talk about filling the gap. 
setting the edge like a like an edge rusher safeties do that as well just like a linebacker they have the responsibility of a linebacker as well as a cornerback they they bang with the athletic dudes and they bang with the big boys in different ways they're assigned to the tight end the running back out the backfield as well as the receiver they're assigned to contain lamar jackson if he does pull the ball and run a different dynamic than we've ever seen before safeties are responsible for that as well from there i go to another um dynamic um versatile position the tight end position guys who can bang with the big boys again with the tackles but he also can do skillful things like footwork and agility catching the ball dunking on somebody in the end zone something a tackle could never do because he's not eligible to catch the ball how many from okay there. i'm gonna stop right there how many how many great tight ends are effectively changing the win scale or effectively uh, yeah actually effectively changing the win scale on their team go ahead and answer that for me multiple we we can go NFL history, Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Tony Gates. Tony Gonzalez and, and Antonio Kowski. Gates. It doesn't – they're stats. They're, those are stat guys. Whoa. They're great players Whoa. that put up really good numbers. They have not – they didn't win any championships. We talked about this. We, we talked, Most players that come through the this. NFL don't win a championship. Oh, I understand Most. that. And, that's a, and, and when you have a guy like an Orlando Pace – that can help you win a championship at the left tackle position. A- Andrew Whitworth, who's played in this league for many years. How many stars has he played with? How many stars? And when I say stars, a-, a star that can do what a tight end does. Just because he didn't have a great start, a star tight end doesn't mean t- uh, star tight ends aren't valuable. Like, understand Tony Gonzalez is one of the best football players to ever play, regardless if he won a championship or not. Rob Kelsey, yes, he has championships behind his name. There's a in any sport. Just because you don't want a championship, don't mean you're, you're great. That we don't we don't question your greatness because you don't want a championship. Yeah, but it's about your situation. Okay, so and it, so and, why do we talk about Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey and Shannon Sharp or Mike Dicker before we talk about Tony Gonzalez and Antonio? Antonio Gates might be one of the most slept on tight ends of history because no one even right. talks about this guy. But he's right. But because he puts up. Because he put up so many numbers, and he doesn't have the wins to go with it, just like Ladainian Tomlinson. Like Ladainian Tomlinson is one of my favorite running backs of all time. But again, he he didn't win. Just like, why do you think Philip Rivers doesn't get to talk about that he possibly should? Because he played in the era with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Drew Brees, and Eli, who, was won, who won two championships. Right, we're not, but we're not talking about someone's greatness. We're talking about the the greatness of a position, and 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 you can't value uh, versatility when you're not when you when you're only forced to do one thing. It's it's hard to open your mind when you're looking at a tackle or most positions in the NFL where they only have to do one thing, and and they're great at that one thing. Sometimes it's great to be a, a swift army knife, swift army knife. Someone who who's who's able to do something that a linebacker's doing, maybe not great, but good. Something that a corner's doing, maybe not great, but good. So now you're interchangeable, regardless of the scheme, regardless of the coach, regardless of who's on your side, tight end, receiver. These are different skill sets that matter in football. Tight ends are, are value, more valuable than a receiver because they bring a different dimension to the game. They bring a bigger body. It's harder to match up with a tight end, match up with someone who's, who's 250, 280, whatever, but also running a 4'5", 4'4", 4'6". Like, that's, that's, not hard, that's not easy to do from a defensive perspective. So it's not all, all about wins and losses when it comes to these certain positions because we can look at both sides. There's a lot of quarterbacks who didn't win anything but are, that are great. We, and Rodgers is 1-1. 
there's multiple people who have won way more than one championship, but we give Aaron Rodgers GOAT status. We give him GOAT conversation. Like, it's not about the wins and the loss scale, especially in football, because your situation matters more than anything. It's from the from the tight end position, I go to centers. You talk about tackles first, I'll talk about centers. I want to I want to talk about someone who's touching the ball every single play, someone who could potentially fumble and cost us certain things, as Peyton Manning, as Cam Newton. Like like the, the center position, ask ask a, 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 a botch snap when it comes to a field goal at the end of the game. There's so many different things a center has to do, a long snapper has to do um, that directly affects the game more so than a tackle. The tackle has to wait on others to do their job before they do theirs. No. Not saying tackles, that their job is not important. And, and, the, the center has to snap the ball before and the tackle does typically, anything. Typically in football, you, you do your job. So a tackle position, they know what they're they know what they need to do. Protect the edge. Well, right. But what, what, I'm, what I'm speaking on is the fact that the center is responsible for doing more than just protecting the edge. The center is responsible for some potentially uh, pulling more so than a, than, than a guard, depending on the scheme, snapping the ball and, and then eyeing up bigger or multiple defenders. Like you can you can flood the edge if you want, but they're typically flooding, flooding the A gaps. Maybe two linebackers are there as opposed to just uh, uh uh, Aaron Donald or Via Veda or or Fletcher Cox and, and and their responsibility is is to me vastly important because you're talking about the the easiest way to get more yards which is upfield and the upfield straight ahead is a center so so behind the center tail is is where more yards can occur in a quicker fashion so if I run straight I'm potentially going to get more yards in a quicker fashion. If if I have an edge rush over here and I'm trying to run away from the edge rusher, so that that means I have a, a better opportunity to get more more yards if I'm running straight. Or I could decide to run to the other edge because the, the dynamic edge rushers is on one side of the field as opposed to a dynamic um, interior force being in the middle. The the person at the center is head up on. If you if you choose to run away from Andano, Via Veda, Dan, uh, Fletcher Clocks, Chris Chris Jones, you're taking a, a longer route upfield. That's an advantage in scheme just because they're on the field, regardless if you double team them or not, regardless if you have a, another um, way after the play starts. We're talking about positions that affect um, the game before the play starts. We're talking about centers who affect the game before anyone does anything, before anybody makes a step. The center can fall, have a false start. The center cannot communicate in a way before the game. I mean, before the uh play starts that can hinder the offensive line or the whole offensive unit. We have to give more credit to this in the position. And before I get to but I, I get what you're saying. I think, I think the way you're looking at it is, and I might be wrong, so let me know if I'm wrong, but I think mm-hmm. the way you're looking at it is, is not really important. It's really harder that of the position group, those are, those are harder to play. So, and what I mean by that is they're the quarterbacks of their position group. The center calls, lets the, the O-line and calls the, the, calls the offense, calls the play on the offensive line as, 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 as far as the, the, the blocking scheme, right? He's the quarterback of the O-line, right? So that's the guy that has to really know and analyze the defense more so than a, than any other position on the O-line. It's just like a safety. A safety is the is the is the quarterback of the defense, just like the middle linebacker is, right? Because those are the guys that's calling the plays as far as the coverage and the blitz scheme or the the D line. What the D line's doing, a linebacker has to know all of that stuff. There is a reason why left tackles, tackles, I should say, mainly tackles, are drafted more 
in the top 10 than a center ever was. Creep. Because this is the more durable position. No, it's not. It's well, be- it is. It's because it's, it's a more. You're in the trenches if you're a center. Okay, so so why didn't, why didn't, um, uh, I think his name is Linderbaum. Why didn't he go before Evan Neal? Why didn't he go? Why didn't maybe he, team team why, need? No, but, because but, because the tackle position is more important than than the center position. Don't get me wrong, Linderbaum is going to be a is going to be a just like Creed, just like Creed Humphreys from from Kansas City. Um, yeah, Kansas City. He's a really good offensive lineman. Was drafted not this year, but last year. Already an All Pro O lineman in this league. Why did he go in the second round? When he was projected to be a first round drafted, why did Linderbaum drop until the the twenty twenty something pick to go to the Ravens when he was a top fifteen player? Because teams because comp- teams don't need centers. Teams aren't looking for centers as much as they are looking for the tackle position because they gotta protect the edge rush. There is a reason for it. No, no, it's because there's hard, it's harder to find edge rushers, so they're going to try to find that in the draft. And then also the center position is something just like the kicker position. You're not going to draft the kicker typically because you have your kicker position already intact. It's something that you think about first that you don't have to worry about. Your center position is it's very similar. <clears throat> as far as the center and the kicker position especially, you are going to make sure that they already have a center and a kicker. You know every time down if we score – we have to kick the ball. Every time it's time to snap the ball, we have to snap the ball. The center's position. The center's responsibility is that. The kicker's responsibility is that. So when you talk about do why do they why don't they draft a left tackle instead of the starting third? Again, that that position typically is already handled. I understand you're talking about the edge rusher and how it affected the game because you're right. If you asked me this five, ten years ago, the edge rush would be a, high, a lot higher. It's, it's still but, high. with the, but you're asking me. So when you're asking me, I, I I view the game differently. I see guys who change the game. You you yes, you guys in basketball, big man used to be way more important. Yeah. Certain people changed the game. And and people used to give pushbacks to Steph Curry. People give used to give pushback to Michael Jordan. People you give used to give pushback to Kobe Bryant. People you used to give pushback to LeBron James. We're giving pushback to Lamar Jackson right now, Patrick Mahomes right now, Tom Brady right now, because Tom Brady is is a part of the reason why we know that interior forces affect the game more so than an edge rusher. Tom Brady, it don't matter. Joey Bosa, <laughs> try again. You got to be quicker than that. But with, inter- with an interior force, he don't have to be quick or not. He can get in your face and affect your vision. And it, it's, it's a pressure is just as important to me as a sack because a pressure affects the back end too. Without, you know, the, the play ain't over, obviously. The sack ends the, ends the play, but a pressure is, is, is important as well, especially if you can do it often. And interior force is getting the, the vision of a, of a quarterback. And quarter, great quarterbacks, no, we're talking about quarterbacks in general, great or not. It's easier to throw it in front of you than it is outside those numbers. It's easier to throw in the middle of the field than it is outside those numbers. And if the interior force is in your face, making it harder to make the easiest throw, it makes your job a lot harder. From from the kickers, I go in, interior um, pass rusher, interior rush um, force. And then I go corner. From corner, I go to receiver. The corner is guarding the receiver, one of the most um, or the best athlete I feel in the game, a position where you can flip the field. So I have to make sure my corner is like that so that they don't flip the field in a 
you know, in an easy manner. From corner, I go receiver. From receiver, I go edge rusher. That's when I believe the edge rusher comes in there. Um, and and I spoke on the edge rusher and what I believe their importance is. After the edge rusher, I go tackle. Because there's a lot of different things I can do to help my tackle out. The tackle can be helped out. The whole line can be helped out by a tight end, one of the most versatile positions in the game again. Chip block, or, or maybe sometimes the DN, you want to talk about a versatile DN or versatile edge rusher, because it could be outside linebacker as well. They they have the responsibility of sometimes guarding a, a tight end. And I'm taking that tight end on a perimeter day and night over that that edge rusher on a perimeter. It's, it's not just about what you can do when you're great, but what you can do when you're not in a in the most ideal situation. And the tight end is going to take advantage of that because he's he's a Swiss, Swiss Army knife. He can do it both. And the edge rusher cannot as much in my estimation. From edge rusher, I, I go um, tackle. From tackle, I go linebackers, guards, running backs. All right. Man, that was uh... – a. That was very, very different. Very, very different, different on both sides. Uh, but you know, I like I like your I like your your reasons for it. Even though we don't agree, we're gonna agree to disagree and we're going to get to the next we gotta do that sometimes. Topic. For sure, for sure. So right agree to disagree. We're gonna go to this guy KD. He likes to agree to disagree a lot too, and I love that about him. It's good to have a little, you know, a little tension in the room, a little, you know, good, good conversation, a little, you know, good, good topics back and forth. KD is that guy. He, he'll chop it up on Twitter with you. And Kyrie's a different guy, too. And, and they're, they're coming back together. They're going to run it back in Brooklyn. And we're going to talk about their championship aspiration. What, what they going to do this year? Are they going to be able to challenge Boston in a, in, a, in, a, in a real way this year? Are they going to be able to hang with them bucks with Chris Middleton back? What you, what you think? Yeah, um... This team finished seventh last year in the East. Uh, and a very, mm-hmm. we always talk about the East to the least, but they had a lot of drama going on. They had the Kyrie saga. He only played 29 games. They had the James Harden uh, issues, right? I, oh, Kyrie's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, get do this, that, and the third. I don't want to play here. Give me the Philly. Uh, KD was kind of just caught in the middle, like, hey, you know, I came to Brooklyn. We were supposed to do this. We have. <laughs> You know, all these players. Man, I just want to hoop. They had Ben Simmons come in. He's still hurt, still dealing with the, you know, uh, the mental aspect of the game. I hope he can get his mentals right because when this guy is right, he can do it. He can do just about everything besides shoot. And <laughs> and, and I can accept that, right? Yeah. I think with them finally buying in, it's go, mm-hmm. it's go time. You got the best dribbler in the NBA at this time, in Kyrie Irving, uh, ever, who, who who calls his uh, his skill set an art, and I love it because it is. Um, mm-hmm. And he can get to the basket. He can shoot the mid range. He can shoot the three. He can score from anywhere on the court. Offensively, is one of uh, is a really good offensive threat in this league. Uh, KD, one of the Oh, and besides, he is an NBA champion champion as well, and Kyrie Irving. KD, one of the best players of our generations, one of the best scorers of all mm-hmm. time, the seven-foot assassin that can score from anywhere on the court as well. He's ready to hoop. You, you see them already hooping during the summer. They're locking in. Mm-hmm. You bring in a guy that can defend on both sides, that can facilitate like no other, I see him as like 
Magic Johnson-esque if, if he takes his game to another level. But he can be. He can be. Potentially, he can be there. He's 6'11", can dribble the ball like a guard, can defend one through four, right? Mm-hmm. One, through, one, through, one through four, maybe five, depending on the size of the player, because I still think he can't go mm-hmm. with Embiid. But that's only one guy. Yeah, that is. I'm talking about but so many centers. But, but you know, he can, he can, he can, he. You Most can. nights, Ben Simmons is a guard on one through five. Exactly. So you're talking about an all-star guard slash forward mm-hmm. that can that can play both ends of the court, and that is with these two top-notch scorers on this on this team. Uh, my issue with this team is leadership and depth. Uh, KD, unfortunately, has never been a leader in, in, in the NBA because anytime he gets to blame, he deflects or he runs. But it's okay. It's okay because, remember, Russell Westbrook got the blame in OKC. Uh, remember, Steph was still getting the shine in Golden State. It was still Steph's team. Steph still got the glory. Even though KD took them over the, the edge, K, KD took gave them another step. He saved that team from LeBron, Steph still got all the glory. Kyrie. Yeah, Steph, Steph still got all the glory. They asked KD to come. They wanted KD on that team after beating them 3-1. to one. And, then losing, yeah, more- and then losing to LeBron 3-1 to one from, from a 3-1 to one series. Stop saying LeBron. LeBron and Kyrie. Let's understand what Kyrie's done. But anyway, I'm just saying. Yo, nah, it, it, we got to just say Kyrie and LeBron because that's a dynamic duo. We, we really could throw Kevin Love in there, but that's neither here nor there. As far as KD being a leader, there's multiple ways to be a leader. We, 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 he's not the best leader. He's not the, the leader that these top 10 guys of all time are. He's not that. So we need to stop talking about that. As far as top 15, top 20, top top, he's in there. And he's a leader. In that own, in his own right, because he leads by example, he's consistent. That's a way of being a leader. He shows up. That's a way of being a leader. Let's not act like he has to be LeBron, Kobe, Jordan, Kareem, Magic. He has. He doesn't have to be that. He does. Kawhi. He doesn't have to be that to be great. Tim Duncan. You think he always spoke up? No. Greg was there to do that. Steph Curry, you think he always speaks up? No, uh, uh, Steve Kerr or Draymond's there to do that. But we don't poo-poo them for not being the leader that Jordan or Kobe. Or, so we can't do that. They, he is a leader in his own right. Maybe not the leader we want him to be, but he's a leader. You can't get to multiple championships without being a leader, without being able to check yourself. That's a leadership quality. I mean, he went to a, he went to a team that already had a championship, and that and that has won another he, championship without him, who already but, had but, the leadership on the team. To take him to the next step, there's been there's been teams that join together that already won championships. That doesn't guarantee you're going to win it. For, yeah, hundred percent. So he had so he had to do his job and being being a leader yeah, he in his was, own he right. Was the best player on that team. There's no doubt about it. He was the best player on the team. But what I'm saying is, him being the best player on a team is a form of leadership. How no, consistent he plays is a. No, it's not. You're leading by example. You don't have to open your mouth to be a leader. Follow my lead. Give me the, get out the way. That's that's me being a leader, taking us home. That's a leader. That's a leadership quality. Not everyone can do that. So that's why it's like you have to follow someone's lead. Sometimes you have to follow this guy taking us home. Iso ball sometimes. And he's done that. He's proven he can do that, too. That's a form of leadership. It's not what we praise, but it is a form of leadership. Leading by example. There should have been no reason why he wanted to leave out of uh, get out of Brooklyn after one after two seasons. 
and after signing a four year a four year contract. Him and Kyrie. I'm, I'm not saying he should he should leave or want to leave, but he should have a gripe with the people that he expressed he had a gripe with. This Steve Nash, X's nose, trash. Adjustments in the game, trash. You already had Kyrie Irving coming out saying we don't need a coach. We can coach ourselves. Well, and we talked they need we, to make- we talked about the the importance of the coaching staff and the players. And we both agreed that you know you know you kind of need an X's and O guy and X's and O's guys because this still is a chess game. And I, I they both didn't even buy into the system. So already they were just it, it, it just wasn't it and he said, "Hey, I want Steve Nash to be the coach." And after one season, and half that KD did, yeah, having to deal with all of that in his first season as a as a head coach, you had to deal with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and KD, the ultimate of superstars. But you're looking at it from you know, the ultimate you know, of you know, egos at, at that as well. You see all the egos in the room. Egos went. I'm not going to say Eagles won championships, but most championships are won by ego-driven players, high-ego players. And it takes certain coaches to be able to do that. And if he recognized after already winning champ- winning a championship, winning two championships, helping almost win three championships, being the reason they lost one championship, he, KD knows potentially what he needs. Because remember, he's the he's the leader on that team he, right now. He's the, the, the number one on that team. They look to him. So if he doesn't like the direction of the franchise, if he doesn't like how they're interacting with his co-star, Sean Marks, how you're interacting with Kyrie based off of him not wanting to do certain things during the pandemic and certain things during um, injustice uh, during uh, in, in the United States, they are on different pages. And because he's a leader, he has a, a sense of power to flex his power, too, just like the owners do, just like the coaches do, just like the GMs that have done since the dawn of the NBA. Now we're in a, in a stage where players star players he's not jordan lebron kobe and them boys but he's star enough to be able to move the meter meter a little bit and he's doing that Kyrie's doing that ben simmons is doing that james harden too is doing that it just so happens to be the wrong coach in the midst of that storm but if it was a better if it was a better coach in the midst of that storm if it was a better uh, 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 uh news anchor in the midst of that storm maybe there would be a better outcome of that storm it's still yet to be determined but steve nash we can question his leadership abilities okay okay yeah, so um, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I agree. I, again, I will uh, agree to disagree. Um, it's, no, I can't really say agree to disagree because I, I totally agree. You, you know, leadership, it, you, leadership in a way can be in different forms, I should say. And KD does lead by example because he loves the hoop. But as far as a rah-rah guy, he, he's never going to be that guy. Uh, but you're right. This is KD's team. But he, he, he needs to – he just needs to continue to do what he does. Play ball. Play ball, right? And I think he will – I think this team uh, will be at least – at least a fifth seed team in the East behind Boston, behind Milwaukee, behind the Sixers. Um, and there's one other team that I can't get off the top of my head. But at least – The Heat. I, I, know you, I know you probably oh, heat, say the, the Heat. heat. I don't and, know. I think they might have a little down here. They can, but the Bulls. The, the Bulls is, is a scary team, but I think the Bulls, mm-hmm. it, it'll probably be out of the Bulls in the heat for that, you know, right. f- between four through s- four, five, and six, right? It'll be those three I, teams. I agree. Um, That's exactly and, what I think mm-hmm. If this team stays healthy, they bring in TJ Warren, who is a 15 point uh, player uh, when for healthy. Sure. 
right? But he has to stay healthy. I think this team mm-hmm. needs one more big man, whether it's, uh, you know, a JaVel McGee, uh, a Dwight Howard veteran, veterans like that, because um, because I think Dwight is already on the team and as well as JaVel mm-hmm. McGee. But uh, maybe like a Hassan Whiteside, uh, veteran guys, veteran big men that plays defense because they only got uh, uh, Claxton. Claxton. They only got Claxton mm-hmm. right now, who is a young talent on that team who I think oh, yeah. will step up. Um, mm-hmm. You still got Seth Curry. You still got uh, Joe Harris, guys that can shoot. So th- this team is capable of winning a championship, but it has to gel. And as long as it can gel and uh, Ben Simmons can get these guys the ball, whew, it's gonna be a scary, it's gonna be a scary Brooklyn team. For sure, for sure. Um, you speak on those big men. I definitely agree. Um, in the depth in general, um, they have a lot of combo guards there, and um, putting Kyrie on ball, I think is is a is a good a good idea going forward as opposed to uh, KD bringing the ball up. Get KD in the post a little bit more. Have Ben Simmons bring the ball up some too. But if Ben Simmons is not in the game, go ahead and stagger the uh, on-ball, you know, floor general role to Kyrie and Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons also learn to play a little bit more big ball. I know he's a perimeter lockdown, but I think, like we were alluding to earlier, I think he can guard some of those big men and um, be able to play real, real small ball. Some um, Warriors death lineup type thing. Um, so the Hampton Five or whatever they was calling them. So uh, I believe that they can they can do some things. I believe they'll be like the fifth or fourth seed right there with you with that. Um, the Bucks and the ball in Boston, I believe would be their biggest matchups. Um, I believe Ben Simmons can really can not, I'm not saying he can stop Giannis, but he can give Giannis a little, little, little problem with, with, with his athleticism and contesting him at the rim and just being a pest. In, For in sure. General. Sure. Um, Boston, they have gotten more depth, way more depth than Brooklyn has. So Man, I definitely agree that, that Boston team is getting yeah. scary. With their depth, sure. and they know, and I love that Boston team because they know their roles. They play well mm-hmm. together. All right, All right. They, 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 that team, that that whole organization. I hate to say it as a Laker fan, but it, right from top to bottom, they are they're looking great. Players, staff, ownership, like everything. For sure, looking, looking smooth. The fan base. I'm not too much of a fan of y'all, but we'll move on. Um, you ready, you ready to move on to the next topic, man? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> man, we talking prime time and we ain't talking Deion Sanders, man. You ready to get into this thing, man? <laughs> I like it. Who your favorite player in his prime, man? Who is it? I'm, you, I'm actually gonna have you let I'm, I'm gonna have you start this one. Okay, okay. Man, I'm gonna start with my boy Russell Westbrook, the triple double god, the triple double king. Russ, I mean, my fault. Oscar, move aside. I'm so sorry. Ooh. All due respect, Oscar, you know what I'm saying? Gotta respect but, um, the greats. For sure, for sure. We're gonna talk about Russell Westbrook, man. Um, he and 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 before I get into Russ too much, I want to define prime a little bit. For me, you know, prime is is not a certain time in your career when you were at your best with numbers or or you look the best, the eye test. No, it's a it's a point in time based off of age from about twenty seven years old to thirty three years old. That's it for me. That's your prime. That's a player's prime. And so Westbrook just turned thirty three. Well. He's 33, 34. His first year with the Lakers, he was 33 years old. So that means Rushbrook's prime is over. Like, we're done. It's done for. But in the midst of his prime, he was he was something to, to you know to behold, honestly. We're talking about someone who did it after KD. Someone who did it before Paul George. Someone who was the second best scorer or shooter on his team religiously. Someone who isn't 
a prolific shooter at that. And he was able to get this team to the playoffs year in and year out and compete year in and year out without a jumper. Year in and year out as the energizer bunny we all know and love. Russell Westbrook. You're talking about triple-double God here. With the Wizards, he did it. People, pe- people don't want to talk about the Wizards here with Bradley Bill. You know, people don't want to talk about year after year having a new star to, to interact with, to coexist with. When it's already hard for him to coexist because of his lack of skill. Russell Westbrook needs to be up there and, and recognized and, and not critiqued for what he's doing outside of Spron, but praised for what he did inside of Spron. Because we, we, we would never see another Russell Westbrook. It took us hundreds, it feels like hundreds of years. I ain't that old, but it feels like a long time since we've seen someone be able to average a triple double. We're talking about generations. Our grandparents, they was, come on now. Yeah. That's a long time now. So we talk about Luka Doncic, someone who, who has potential to do that. LeBron James, who has potential to do that, who had potential to do that. The Joker. Now, a lot of people have potential, but to actually go do it. And we talk about past that and this, past that and that. Even if people decided to have the mentality of a patch statter, can you, do you have the ability, the capability of a 6-3 force to go get 10 boards a game? Yeah, you got to, in order to get rebounds, you got to want to get rebounds. And, and, and I'm just getting started. With the 10 assists a game, with the, with the roster that you are the second best or the best shooter on the squad yeah. that any given night. Yeah. That is hard to do. Very. It's more past that and assists. How? He still has to make it. Andre Robeson. I'm going to hear that. So, so next, we're going to get into, uh, well, actually, we'll segue into your, fam- your, your favorite. Who, who's your guy? Yeah. Um, my favorite. You're going to like this one, man. What's up? Dwight Howard, man. I don't. Okay. I don't think. I don't think too many people know who Dwight. I, I would say the younger, right? The younger guys, but yeah. because we know, if you know, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard was the was the the guy you wanted on your team as far as a defensive monster. You're talking about a guy that that is a multiple defensive player of the year in his prime, mm-hmm. who was. At one point, they were they were saying he was Shaq. He he took Shaq's name as Superman at one point. Yo, we're we was, we was calling Dwight Superman, who brought that Orlando Magic's team full of shooters. Right? They did have they was shooting up. They were shooting yeah. that ball. Rashad, they had Rashad Lewis. They had Hidu Turkaloo. Uh, uh, Maurice Petrus. Jameer Nelson was a was a problem on that team. Mm-hmm. JJ, I think JJ Reddick was on that team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Brought that team full of shooters to the NBA Finals at one point. He didn't get his ring until later in his career, but we're talking about a dominant defender in this league at one point, easily a Hall of Famer. Uh, I want to give it to Dwight because in his prime, he was a monster, man. A true monster, man. A true monster. Um, I, you know, his defensive abilities were you know, out this world, man. His athleticism was was crazy. Yo, like seeing him just not evolve in a sense because I feel like he's always been that the same type of guy. You know, the, the fun loving guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Uh, he, he gonna come and, and and shoot shoot from half court before every game. You know, but you know what you gonna get out of him. You know what I'm saying? If he's healthy, he's that guy. Yeah. And um, I, I was it was great to see him get a championship. Um, you know, even though it was a bubble championship, how you would say. Yeah, but, bubble championship. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm proud he was able to you know, do that and, and appreciate, you know, not doing going shack on us or anything like that. 
you know, Kobe would have really had to do something to you back in online. But anywho, we're going to get into it. <laughs> That's a perfect segue for me because we're going to talk about the best player in their prime, in my opinion. Nice. And that's Kobe Bean. We ain't talking about Nine Nine Bean. We talking about Kobe Bean. <laughs> Kobe Bean. Hey, shout out her too, man. Oh yeah, shout out baby Nine Nine. Appreciate you peeing on the party for the first time. Appreciate that. <laughs> Much love. <laughs> Proud of you, baby. So we talking about Kobe Bean, and we we got Kobe Bean in his prime right when Shaq said, "I'm I'm out of here. I'm going. I'm going with D Wade." Kobe, to me. It was in his prime from 27 to 33. And in that time, we've seen him not have what he needed to win championships. We've seen him with Smush Parker, Kwame Brown, Christian Mims, Sasa Vujicic, Luke Walton. Mm. But once he was able to get Pau Gasol, good player, solid, real good, solid player, um, we even go great. Pau Gasol's a great player. Anyway, with that being said, he, he went he went not only to two championships, but to three Western Conference appearances. Against what, what I would like to call a super team, Rondo, Ray, Paul Pierce, and KG. Um, they lost in the first year. Uh, uh, the second year, Palisol was there but the, the, um, for the first year that the Boston got together. And then they beat Orlando. You, you got uh, Dwight Howard. And then they uh, were able to get their revenge on the Boston Celtics in 2010. Um, but Kobe, before the championships, when he was playing with Smush Parker, Kwame Brown, he was able to in his 27th year, averaged 35 points per game while also being on the all-first-team defense um, of team that year. Kobe Bryant was a dog, number eight, dog, 2-4, a crazy dog. We're talking about the Black Mamba who was born because I believe Shaq said, I'm about to hit. If Shaq wasn't a part of the Black Mamba, I feel like we I – mean, my fault. If Shaq wasn't a part of the Lakers, I feel like we see the Black Mamba sooner. But because of that, you know, it was a little delayed. Shaq was able to win – three championships, make it to four championships with a young Kobe, 21-year-old, 22-year-old, and 23-year-old Kobe. And in that span, Kobe, especially at 22, he was able to average 28.5 points per game at 22. And then also take over games in the postseason. When I say take over, I mean without Shaq. But even with Shaq, he was considered the closer because of his, of his great and elite ability. And that's why the ability plus the de- defensive locked-in mentality, the Mamba mentality, the leadership, not running away from a challenge, but but embracing it and facing it and not running f- to other megastars, running to other leaders, running to other guys who've proven it. Kobe was able to do that in the time frame where he was doing it with guys who looked like Mike, not guys who were wishing they can be like Mike, like Clyde or Dominique or, or, or Gary Payton or Penny. We're talking about or mad centers in the league that wish they could do the things Jordan did. We, Kobe faced guys like that. The Ray Allens, the Vince Carters, the LeBron Jameses of the world. We're talking about Tim Duncan, another guy who who's a leader in his own right. Jordan, yeah. a lot of times, was facing guys who, who didn't have that just yet. Who, who, who Jordan had year in and year out an advantage. We didn't see that with Kobe post Shaq. Jordan never had the adversity. The bad boy Pistons is the most. But when we talk about prime, we're talking about prime time real estate, we're talking about prime time play. We have to bring up the guy that we potentially talk about as GOAT more so than any other player. And that's Michael Jordan. Um, so with that being said, is for me, it's Kobe Bean Bryant. Salute. What's up? Definitely salute to Kobe. RIP Kobe gone way, way too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad you brought up Mike because Mike uh, is the my uh, my personal favorite as far as the best of their prime. 
and you hit it right mm-hmm. on the money. Your prime age is typically between 27 and 33. Mine was very slightly under it. It was just 26 to 32. Hey, it's mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. much the same thing, right? Rock with, um, rock with. And when Jordan broke out, right, because he mm-hmm. played in a very tough, very, very tough era as far as physical, physic, physicality. Um, mm-hmm. And when he broke through and got through the bad boy Pistons finally and won his first ring, first three-peat, and that team did go three-peat at the age of 28, 29, 30, right? Still in your prime, right? Mm-hmm. You then take two years off. So that brings us to 33, 34, 35. So outside of his prime years, quote-unquote prime mm-hmm. years, Jordan then won another three-peat, right? The ultimate winner, a guy that makes the game just look so easy. It just, it was just, it looks like it was just natural for him. The way he was Air Jordan, literally. Air Jordan, everything that every time he goes up for a layup and he spins around or he up and under, it just looks, it it, it looks fake, right? The way he, he's able to glide through the air. Right, his mid range mm-hmm. game was crazy because because at that at that point the three really really wasn't as popular as it is now, right? So his mid range mm-hmm. was crazy. His his willingness to to love, but also not only did he love you, he wanted to dominate you, no matter who you were. You could be his best friend. He just wanted mm-hmm. to. He just had that killer mentality. If you on the other team. Hey, between just like football, between these lines, we ain't friends. But after this, hey, let's go have a drink. Let's go hang out, right? And right. and you know that's why he 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 is he is the goat. Um, six and zero in the NBA Finals, multiple uh, scoring titles, multiple uh, a Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, the brand Aaron Jordan, man. That's that's the guy for uh that's the guy for me to have his greatness during his prime. You know, I, you know, I'm glad you said that because there was a teammate who helped maximize his greatness during his prime. Oh, for sure. Before his prime, after his prime. We're talking about one of the greatest players of all time as well. Top 50 player ever. Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen. Someone who's versatile. You know me, I'm going to bring up that viewer. Versatility. And for me, Scottie Pippen's one of the most versatile players in the NBA at that time, this time, or any time. Scottie Pippen was before his time as well. He wasn't like Mike, but he was a, like, a, like a lot of other guys. He wasn't Clyde Drexler in Miles. He wasn't Gary Payton in Miles. Penny Hardaway. Uh, Grant Hill, he wasn't that to, eat to me either. But the uh, the the way... You construct a team, in my eyes, to, to get to championship faster. It's two elite wings, two guys who can bang with the big boys, go go punish somebody, create a mismatch there, and also do elite things with the guards and guarding guards and doing guard things on the perimeter. Wings can do that more so than a center, more so than a guard. So when you have two elite wings in an era where there aren't any other elite wing duos, you have an advantage. There were a lot of centers. It was a center era. Yes, it was a t- very difficult era. Even in the 80s, Jordan came up in that era, too. He didn't win anything in the, era, in the 80s, but he accomplished a lot in the 80s. Talking about the defensive player of the years. You're talking about multiple all-star game appearances, 10 scoring titles, I think, in a row. Like, what, this guy was dominant in a different fashion. But we're not going to speak on Jordan and his GOAT status without speaking on Scottie Pippen and how he helped him become 
gold before this guy Bean came around. Bean didn't have the 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 versatile guy next to him. Yeah, Shaq. I, I missed Shaq. I'm Yes, he had Shaq. Come on, man. What did Jordan do without Scotty? Come on. Oh, oh, my, my fault. So, so as far as as far as Shaq, first of all, Shaq he was young. Went, he was young. Jordan was young before he had Scotty. And 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 Shaq had a, a a young Kobe. Yeah. So he won right. So so my thing is, what a young Scotty Jordan did, and, and what a what a young Scotty Jordan did what? They they didn't make the championship. They, they didn't they didn't win rings yet, but Scotty proved more without Jordan than Jordan did without Scotty. Scotty Pippen was one. Listen, Scotty Pippen was one game away from the NBA Finals. When I say one game, I mean literally. They lost Game Seven of the NBA Finals without Michael Jordan. Okay, but that, without Dennis Rodman. And Shaq won. Shaq won one ring with D Wade at yeah in Somebody Miami and, and and Alonzo Mourning. Yeah, but Alonzo was was, at, was way out of his out of his prime then. <laughs> but he was a way better defender than Shaq was at that time. Okay, but and but Shaq won, Shaq won one ring after Kobe, <laughs> and Kobe won two rings after Shaq. So what are we talking about? I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, they both great. And he and he and he went to three. Yes, he also went to, with Penny, and what he he accomplished with a young Penny. Because we got to understand, Michael Michael Jordan did nothing. He didn't win it one championship. We we get on LeBron all the time for not winning a championship without D Wade or without a another dynamic wing duo. But he did that with AD. You want to say twenty twenty bubble? I want twenty twenty bubble. I want to say championship. Regardless of your situation, it's a championship. Bubble championship. Still, and, and let's let's not count the bubble championship. Then that means Jordan and LeBron didn't win anything without an elite wing beside him. An elite wing is the most again versatile position on the court. He can kill you from the perimeter. He can be a closer. Take us home. We can't say Shaq here. Take us home when we're down by three. We can't say here here uh, Pau Gasol. Take us home when we're down by three. We can't do that. But the fact that we can with Kyrie Irving, the fact that we could with D-Wade, the fact that we could with Scottie Pippen. I'm not saying Scottie Pippen's Kyrie or, or D-Wade as far as his closing ability because actually Tony Kukoc was called on to close the game out as opposed to Scottie Pippen. But Scottie Pippen has that ability more so in his package, in his overall package on any given day, more so than a big. When you go, when you um, have a guard and a big together, I believe that's the second best duo you can have after the two elite wings. But with that being said, that guard has to be able to close because the center position, unless you're talking about Joel Embiid, there's not many three-level bigs ever. So when we're down by three, now we're in a, in a, in a predicament here. When, when we need a free throw, we can't just call on you because they might hack you. Then what? When you're afraid to go to the free, to the free throw line? So LeBron, it was I don't think Shaq really was afraid to go to the free throw line. I just think he just couldn't shoot free throws. When I say afraid, I mean the coaching staff. When we're saying we're going to draw up a play for somebody, it ain't going to be Shaq. If we're down by one or two, maybe, maybe. But we're talking about someone who's elite everywhere. Having two of them on the same on the court at the same time, who can take a shot from anywhere on the court at the same time, that's an elite, elite ability within your team. And um, Kobe ain't had that too much, but uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're going to have to leave that topic for another day. So, well, let's, sure. let's definitely get into our last topic. What we got? So, so we're going to go with they need. What do they need in the NFL? Um, we're going to talk about two teams, two contenders, and two teams that are on the other side of contention. Um, maybe rebuild, redo, reboot, whatever you want to call it. We're going to talk about it. Who's your two co- uh, coach? Because <laughs> what's up? Um, so, we're going to start off with the contenders. My first two contenders okay. and what they need. 
Uh, first, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills, our Super Bowl picks. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it here. It's going to be a Saints-Bills Super Bowl with the Bills coming out on top. You lost me. So Saints-Bills <laughs> Super Bowl, that's what it's going to be this year with the Bills coming out on top. Um, but this team, no. Matter of fact, take that hoodie off. So, <laughs> no chill. So, what I will say is, um, this team is a complete team. They go and get Kareem Elam in the draft. Great pick. Big corner to go ahead and, and go with your all pro, Tredavious White. So, now you got two potential lockdown corners on, on the outsides. Uh, you still got Jordan Poyer. Poyer. Uh, you say safety is the number two most important position on the football field. Well, they got one. They got a, they got a mm-hmm. guy back there. Uh, you got Traymond Edmonds, who's in the middle, very young linebacker side to side that can get mm-hmm. a bunch of tackles. And you got a, you got an edge rush now. Uh, well, yeah, you already had one, but you, you add Von Miller to that pack, to that crew, and, um, and you bring in a two-time uh, Super Bowl winner and an NFL vet in Von Miller that can still get to the get to the quarterback. And you add that to that football team. Uh Josh Allen, who will win MVP this year, still got him. He's a guy. Gabriel Davis, mark my words, this guy will be a touchdown machine this year. Uh you still mm-hmm. got Stefan Diggs. You gotta there's two things this team gotta do. You gotta find a way to get the get get the run game going. One of these guys gotta hit. Maybe it's James Cook, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's James Cook. Maybe it's Singletary finally. Um, yeah. Uh, or Zach Moss. Who knows? But one of these guys got to step up because I can't have Josh Allen running, be, be the focal point of my run game. I want to protect, right. again, I want to protect the prize. I want to protect the franchise right there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, this team has to win big games. When, you're, when you have a lead, like you did as far as Kansas City, you got to get over that hump. You got to win that game. That game is too close mm-hmm. for you not to win. So, again, when you get into the playoffs, the big, the big games have to be won. Uh, number two, another contender. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go uh, Green Bay. I'm going to say Green Bay. You got the defense, right? You get, you get uh, Jair Alexander healthy. You got a good front seven. This offense has to find a way to put points on the board. There's no more Devontae Adams on this team, whether it's uh, – and, and I think I think this team is going to be a run-first offense. I think yes. that you do have a one-two punch with, um, mm-hmm. man, Aaron J- AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon mm-hmm. and Aaron Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not saying Aaron Jones is uh, Kamar- <laughs> Alvin Kamara, but mm-hmm. when I looked at Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, the way they were a one-two punch, I I, I look mm-hmm. at this foot. I look at these two as as being very similar, right? I like it. So you got to find a way to get them going, and then Aaron Rodgers does what he does, right? He gets he gets these young guys the football. Hopefully, one of them can step up and uh, and take the reins. Not saying any of them are Devontae Adams, but hey, we need we need <laughs> some production from this receiving core, this young receiving core. And uh, so that's that's what they need, man. They they got to get the run game going. If they if they don't get that run game going, we got them Vikings. The Vikings they are in win now mode to me because of honestly Devontae Adams team. being them better than right, right, right. With Adams going and 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 Aaron Rodgers potentially out the door too. We don't know him. I know he resigned. We don't know with him. 
We don't know. He could say, he could pull a KDA, I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? So as far as that, I believe the Vikings need to retool in a sense going forward. But think that right now is a is a is a win now mode. It's a win now year. Um, and when I say retool is because the the Kirk Cousins and, and that's later on after this year. Kirk Cousins' contract and Justin Jefferson. I just don't feel like and I, he's coming up. Justin Jefferson's contract is going to come up. If you're able to retool before those things happen, even, even this year, if you're able to do certain things to, to make your chances rise a little bit more because the, the division's a little worse, I think it could really help you out, make some trades and, and, and get a little bit more um, help in there before these uh, the money becomes a problem. Um, that, that team, they just they just uh, they just need to stay healthy. If, if Cooks, which is their best player in my eyes, if he's able to stay healthy, he's able to give that Alvin Kamara uh, dimension well, you know, their run game isn't that of the Saints or or um, the, the Green Bay Packers, but the the threats, the multiple threats on the outside helps the run game loosen up a little bit. And I think they can take advantage um, more regardless of Cooks is there or not. So that's my team, my first team, the Vikings. They It, it is win-now mode for this year, and it's retool mode going forward. They aren't able to do it. Um, 40, 49ers is my next team. It is it is time for them. You talk about a team that is properly constructed, a, a team that is um, is poised for a deep playoff run. They will they give the challenge. They give challenges to the defending champs, the Rams. They give them a challenge. I will take their coach over over um, uh, Sean, the, the the other Sean, and Day. The real the real Sean. Sean? <laughs> no, no, the, the real Sean's in the the fake Sean Sean McVay. Um, is going against Kyle Shanahan. I believe Kyle Shanahan will win that uh, eight times out of ten with a worse quarterback. And you're talking about someone, Trey Lance, who potentially can be better than Matthew Stafford going forward, especially due to Matthew, Matthew's age. Um, Matthew has a lot of weapons, but so does Trey. Trey has the second-best tight end in my eyes in the league, a very versatile position. As far as Debo Samuels as well, he's a versatile receiver. Sometimes you might see him in the backfield. Sometimes you might see him throw it. You can consider him this backup quarterback for the 49ers. Um, with that being said, and then Nick Bosa and, and the and the defense, the front seven getting getting after getting after it the way they do, I can see the 49ers being a well-rounded team and, and challenging the Bills for the best roster in the league. So those are my two teams for contention, two teams that need to go all in now or, you know, Wait until the rookie contracts are, are coming up and have to figure out them, which I believe is the hardest time to do so. Nice, nice. I like it. I like it. I definitely like that 49ers pick. Um, now, as far as my two teams uh, that are in rebuild mode or should they be in win now mode, uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. first say my Atlanta Falcons. Uh, as many might know, I am an Atlanta Falcons fan, but. I really like Arthur Smith. I love the fact that he will play guys, the best players that are ready to play. So when we bring in a guy like Eric Harris last year that played free safety for the Raiders, who really didn't play much, but he gets and and beats out a guy like a young safety and plays well for us. I like that. A Cordell Patterson, who he was able to revamp his career have the best career year of his have his best year as far as overall for a career. Um, and he's breaking out as a 31 year old player, right? Mm-hmm. So you draft a Ty- Tyler Allegier, who is a big body running back 
who played for a BYU team as a walk-on and led the uh, NCAA in rushing touchdowns. You get him. You get ahead and get a, a guy in Troy Anderson who won awards at Montana State uh, at quarterback, running back, and linebacker. So this this guy is a guy you you can just tell loves football, right? He just goes out, he, he works hard, and he goes and gets it. So you bring in a guy like that in the second round. You get ahead and and uh, and solidify a pass rush. You get the guy from Penn State, which which is nice, who slept on. Um, and you don't overreach for Desmond Ritter. That was very important. You get him in the third round. He was on our draft board. So you get ahead and get him, and he could potentially be the future. You bring in a guy mm-hmm. like Marcus Mariota. Hopefully, he's able to revamp his career a little bit. Uh, who you coached uh, and who knows your system. Who is who, and who is a a bridge quarterback, right? I'm not going to say he's a really good quarterback because, <laughs> you know, we just haven't seen it from Marcus. Uh, but I hope he can, you know, at least get us to seven to nine wins, right? That'll be very important for him. You're bringing a guy like Casey Hayward to, to, to go alongside and teach A.J. Terrell how to be the ultimate mm-hmm. vet because Casey has been a, a very good corner in this league. Uh, you still for got sure. Deion Jones and you still got Grady from the old regime, but those are damn near the two best players besides Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones that was on those football teams. Um, so you get ahead and get the twin – that they call him I-85, I-85 in my man Kyle Pitts and Drake London. So you got that right there. You got you got the, the two big the, the two big threats. These guys, I'm 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 excited to see what they can do. You never know what we do with Calvin Ridley. Maybe we keep him next year, maybe we trade him. But mm-hmm. if if he does come back, man, this guy can run routes and create space and He's a touchdown magnet, man. He he finds the end zone. So if you can get him incorporated back with this team, this team is gonna play hard, man. You're gonna you're gonna watch them play hard. They definitely still have to find a way to to protect Marcus, but at least he's a lot more versatile than Matt Ryan mm-hmm. was, uh, because the O line is still really bad. And and I think I think if this team can step up and again win another seven and nine games, that's solid because now we can build other pieces. Next year, this team is going to have some cap space finally. In the last four to five years, this team has had no money to spend because all the money has went to three players, Matt Ryan and Julio and Grady. So now you got some cap space finally, and I think this team is moving in the right direction. Give them about two years. Woo, we're going to be back, baby. <laughs> Atlanta's going to be back. Hot Atlanta. Yo. Yo. <laughs> Yo, man, oh man. What's your your, uh, your last rebuild team, man? What's up? My last rebuild team, um, you know what? (laughs) You know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to say the Panthers, man. I'm going to keep it in division. I like like Baker Mayfield. I I like his his tenacity, his feistiness. He, he, He just loves to compete. And that's that's what I want in my quarterback, but you know he got it. He got to win. He got to win games. You know, it's but so you know you you can be but so much of a of a rah rah guy, but we gotta we gotta put it on the field. It has to show on the field. You got some weapons. Hopefully, CMC sure. can stay healthy. Finally, who's a great running back in this league. 
You got DJ Moore. You got Robbie Anderson, right? You got a very young defense. We talk, You talked about Patrick Sertan, uh, I think, last episode. And mm-hmm. J.C. Horn, man. J.C. Horn, watch out for him. You got the safety in Jeremy Chin. You got Dante, uh, I think his name is Dante Jackson, who's a speedster at corner. So this team is young. Uh, you get ahead and, and, and solidify a, a tackle at picking him up, Charles Cross, in the, in the first round. So you get ahead and get yourself a tackle, right? So this team is kind of moving yeah. in the right direction. But as we talk mm-hmm. about with a lot of other teams, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, the mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns, i.e. the Lakers nowadays, it all starts from the top. This Panthers organization is from up top is not a good mm-hmm. organization. So you fix that, and I think it will trickle down to the players because you got some young talent there to to get you over the edge. And we can't forget about the the young uh, edge rushers as far as Brian Burns and um, I think is I, I can't can't get his name, but it's y- Yashur Motos from Penn State mm-hmm. who who's actually a really good yeah. player as well. <laughs> And I, I actually like what you were saying about the Falcons. They need to potentially uh, see about, you know, talking to you about some of their moves going forward because it sounds really good going forward. It sounds really good over there in Atlanta. You know, it's not too far away. I, I wouldn't mind going to Atlanta and checking out some games. You know, oh, yeah. You know, that's my, my second slash third home, you know, New England, you know, Tampa. <laughs> and Atlanta, you know, after that Super Bowl, you know. Oh, the, man. That's my other. That's my other spot. So I wouldn't mind checking them out if they were, you know, if y'all get up, you know what I'm saying. But I'm gonna stay in that division with the Panthers with you. I believe it's rebuild, reset, retool time for the Carolina Panthers. Get the assets you have now before they dwindle down and uh, value. Go ahead, and get Christian out of there. The injuries are a little too much for my liking. It's not like you have something around that running back position that's not that valuable to make the most of it. Uh, the coach, the coaching staff is in question. The quarterbacks have been in question. You have a lot of depth there, so go ahead and you know let them let them get out there this year, show them what they can do a little bit, and get them out on the market um, before before it's uh, too late, um, before you lose assets um, as opposed to um, getting you know comparable ideal assets going forward for what you have now. Um, all the weapons we spoke on, I'm not saying trade them all. I'm saying use some of them as a core, create a core, and um, maybe your Legion of Boom on the back end, um, maybe your uh, your, your receivers, you, you you let Robbie Anderson go, you know, and keep Baker, keep the chemistry intact, in something like that. I'm not really sure the line is being worked on. It's been, you know, it's been a, it's been an issue for years, but I believe they can use those assets to to, to create a, a situation the Cowboys had a couple years ago with the elite line they had. Um, do something like that and, and sacrifice now so that you go in later. Um, and from there, I go to them Giants, the New York football Giants. Um it is re- rebuild time for them. Uh, trade those assets as well. We talk about another running back who's injured, um, who I believe just by name, just similar to Christian McCaffrey, he'll be able to get a lot of pull in the in the market. Um, I believe if you trade him along with your injury-prone receivers, you should have traded Elvin Ingram before he got out of there. But you should trade these guys before they get out of there. A lot of them, I'm sure, on one- two-year deals because I feel like New York has been in um, rebuild mode for a long time. Um, but they need to reset it even maybe up top i know they have a new coach in there but and i believe a new gm too if i'm not mistaken i'm not really sure i, I believe he's been there for a while but anywho uh, the giants need a, a reset button and i believe it starts with daniel jones as well daniel jones has a lot to 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 like if you're a team 
like I don't know all these you got all these offensive gurus out here. If if Trey Lance wasn't there, I'm sure Kyle Shanahan would love Daniel Jones's legs. Jan- Daniel Jones is a project. He has a pocket presence problem. He has fumbling issues. That's not just due to Daniel Jones. That's because y'all haven't put enough around him. The rebuild that was going on was wasn't doing Daniel Jones justice. Even coach, even Joe Judge coming into that situation, he's a part of the re- rebuild um, fiasco there. But at the same time, Daniel Jones as the quarterback needs to be the focal point. And I've never seen or rarely seen a quarterback be built in the way um, quarterbacks seem to be built in the way that the Giants have done in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. You think uh, they need to give Daniel Jones a, another shot? And I think that they need to get Daniel Jones right up out the door. Put Tyrod, put Tyrod in there, man. Long time vet in this league, and just oh. just go for the ride, man. Just just understand that this is gonna be a bad. That's like tank. Yeah, that's exactly what they need to do. They got two really good draft picks this year. Wow. Uh, the guy from Oregon, and then Evan Neal, who's one of my favorites, um, who I think is gonna be a really good tackle in this league. Multiple. Uh, all pros just watch. And uh, yeah, but, you know, we spoke about this before with this Giants team is w- what's going on in that training room? Cause, because none <laughs> of these guys can stay healthy, whether it's, it's the, the receivers, whether it's the running backs, whether it's the tight ends, everyone mm-hmm. just finds a way to get hurt in this Giants organization. So let's see. You're right. They're in rebuild mode and they need to <laughs> blow up the house, man. Get everybody out of there. Get some fresh talent in there, and um, mm-hmm. you guys should be good moving forward. Facts. Wait, you got? Oh, oh I'm about to say. Nah, nah, the Giants, man. Giants, man. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> Giants, man. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. Definitely. But this was, this was a good one, man. This was definitely a good one, man. For sure, definitely Bro, a good one. Started off with a bang. We appreciate, appreciate y'all. y'all. Yep, we appreciate definitely. y'all for tuning in. Hmm. Until next time, peace. We out.